0: You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com.
1: Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello, welcome back to yet another Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. As always, as it mentions in the intro there, brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com, our website, Hi, I'm Colm, bringing you the show yet again this week. DJ hasn't been on with me on the show for quite a few weeks, but uh, he's going to be joining us later because today we have not only one OTI Red Zone guest, we're going to be joined by two different guests. And, you know, we always cover the NFL here on the show. We'll be covering the news in the show as well. But we're going to step a little bit outside of our normal range of guests, and we're going to be joined by a guy that's not too far from where uh, we grew up and uh, that we know quite well, Jason Quigley, upcoming boxer. And he's boxing in LA in just a couple of weeks on July the 11th, so we're going to talk to him. About his background, his career, and his upcoming fight, and uh, that's going to be fun to get his views just in a little moment. DJ's also going to be hopping on a little bit later in the show, but he's going to be on it uh, all by himself as he talks to Larry Butler III, an upcoming prospect for the 2016 draft class. We, we just had the draft there a few weeks ago, it seems like a, in the distant past now, but in the future, uh, around a year from now, we're going to have the uh, 2016 draft class, and we have one of the prospects who is... Uh, Coming up in that class, a linebacker, Larry Butler, as I mentioned, and uh, he's going to be talking to him, getting some thoughts, and uh, we're going to kind of follow his journey as he heads towards the draft next year, hopefully, to become an NFL player. So that's the two guests coming up in the show today. Uh, Hopefully you'll enjoy both of those in just a little moment. We'll be joined by Jason Quigley. But as always, uh, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, OvertimeIreland.com, the website at Overtime Ireland on Twitter. Hopefully you're already following us there. If it's your first time listening to the show, hopefully you'll go and hit the, the follow button there on Twitter. As well, uh, if it is your first time listening, please do hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Stitch, or whatever you're listening to it on. We're available on all downloadable formats and all devices as well. Download multiple devices if you feel, feel free. head uh, up, uh, keep bouncing up those Overtime Ireland numbers as we go along. Leave a, a comment or rating uh, on, on iTunes, Stitch, or whatever. It all helps us as we try and develop our product here at Overtime Ireland. I mentioned the two interviews on today's show, so we're going to do it a little bit different than uh, normal. We're going to have the first interview with Jason Quigley then. I'm going to bounce in some NFL news, talk a little bit about that there. And then uh, we're going to have DJ's interview with Larry Butler after that. And then uh, we'll wrap up the show after that. So. Hopefully you're going to enjoy these two interviews coming up. Obviously, there is a little bit of downtime now in between the uh, NFL season and the, and the new season starting up after the draft's finished, OTAs, and all be starting up. So we're, uh, we're going to have some guests coming on, maybe some of them, not all uh, NFL related, but hopefully we'll be able to help you enjoy them as we as we go through them. So uh, let's get Jason on the show right now, a prospect I'm very, very excited about uh, coming from so close to, to where we're from, uh, knowing him quite well, and uh, hopefully uh, he's going on ...to rise to the top off, off the boxing divisions... ...because uh, extremely talented 6-0 a boxer... ...but let me uh, not tell you the story... ...let's get Jason on and uh, he'll fill you in... ...on all the info on his career to date... ...and uh, what to expect in the future from Jason Quigley... ...so here he is right now in the OTI Red Zone. The OTI Red Zone... ...presented by OvertimeIreland.com Joined on the show now by a man that uh, a lot of the Irish... ...and particularly guys from around Donegal know... Uh, ...maybe some of the guys in the, the US that listen to the show... Might know as well. Boxer out of Donegal. He's not from too far from uh, where we grew up. Grew up uh, in Belfast, in County Donegal, Ireland. About I don't know, about twenty miles. Jason away from where we're from in uh, Frost's, and I'm sure that's all oblivious to some of the people listening to the show. But it's uh, Jason Quigley, professional boxer, based in LA at the minute. Uh, Jason, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Not a problem,
2: call. Thanks for having me. appreciate
1: it. Uh, you had a bit of downtime after your your last fight at the minute. You're six zero, all coming off uh, KOs. You're you're really flying at the minute and. I was driving through Balboa and as you know, the traffic in Balboa can be can be pretty bad around lunchtime. And uh, it's probably not as bad oh, as downtown down, downtown LA. But I was stuck there. outside uh, <laughs> the Aldi shop, and I seen you, you jogging down past through it. So you're already getting back into your your routine after your last fight. Did you did you take much downtime, or did you really just after a, a quick break get straight back into preparing for your next opponent?
2: Well, um, to be honest, whenever I went home, I had a I had a full week after myself. You know, went home and visited everybody and. In the family and everything like that and I had a nice week off so I had but then the week after that then you know the crack yourself like when you're back at home everything's pretty hectic and you're going <laughs> here doing things there doing things there yeah. and meeting people all the time so uh, I took a week then and went to Lanzarote me and my girlfriend went off to Lanzarote for a week and just chilled out there just a complete nice chill out. So I had a good two weeks off and uh, one of them four weeks was just complete relaxation to myself and just chilling out and everything. But uh, not as soon as I came back in from the holidays, I knew I would have a fight coming up in uh, July again. So I was just back up in the road again. And, you know, as you were saying, like, it's, great to, it's great to be able to run down your own hometown and everything like that again because you know you've been away from it for so long yep. periods of time and it's great to go down and familiar surroundings and see everybody waving you and saying hello and everything like that it's, uh, it's great so it is
1: yeah maybe even uh, thinking of uh, Rocky running through Philadelphia uh, <laughs> getting visions out there while you're going down through Ball Buffet but we're going to talk a lot more about your, your boxing career as it has developed, but just uh, we usually, this is a, an American football show, and we do talk a lot of uh, American football on it. As you're living stateside now, are you, do you follow any American football or American sports in general?
2: Well, to be honest, now it's the first time out here, I've been able to, like, I've been out here now coming up to a year, Yeah. but now is the first time, like, since I've came back now, I'm really starting to feel it like a home, and feeling more homely and you know getting into a good routine and everything now but settled kind of, in. <clears throat> yeah exactly just really starting to get settled in here now so now I'm starting to take the time out to try and get to know these Americans most of us more and everything <laughs> and obviously right now is uh, the NBA finals that's the yeah. ones that everyone will have for And so that's what I've been into now recently is uh, last about a week or so there's the NBA uh, finals now at the minute but I'm definitely looking to get into the the NFL and, you know, the basketball, the baseball, uh, not so much, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, I think a lot of the Americans are telling me that, you know, you have to go to a game to yeah, so understand it and to experience it and everything, you know, so, now I'm definitely going to try and get around them all and all and, uh, you know, get used to them and hopefully pick a team and
1: hopefully they can do me justice and do well. I know uh, I know I've listened to you on a few other shows talking about uh you know your pride of Donegal. Uh, a lot of people obviously travel over from Donegal and from Ireland to see you fighting in LA in a couple of your fights and People always ask me, uh, "How did I come up with the team I support?" Well, I support the Green Bay Packers. If you're not familiar with the uniform, they wear green and gold, similar oh, to the to the county's colors. So it's served me well yeah. so far. They've been doing quite well, and if you're looking for a team to make a run at the, the Super Bowl next year, I think they're another shout. So just a, a quick tip of the hat there, in case you're looking to stay with the the green and gold. But you know, uh, you've uh, yeah, you've had a you've had a, a very kind of you mentioned there. You, this is kind of the first time you're starting to feel settled in LA. You've been there now for when you're coming up to your next fight, which is on July the 11th. It's going to be on almost a year from basically your your pro debut, and you're signed with uh, Golden Boy Promotions, which is a you know a fantastic achievement. But for people here listening to the show that mightn't uh, be aware of the Jason Quigley story, do you want to give them a, a quick background from maybe from the amateur days until the decision to turn pro to now it's six now?
2: Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was a, it's been an amazing story to be honest when you look back on it. Like um you know, from a young kid I was I was glad out, you know, coming up from the from a young age, I was playing all sports, I was playing everything I could get my hand on. I was playing and, you know, I was really excellent at boxing and doing really well at boxing so I was and you know, once I got on to the national team then and everything I kinda had to start to I had to start to think, right, this is getting a wee bit serious, I have to, you know, put a wee bit more time into it and everything that got there, so, I think I turned about 15, 16, no, I was just about turned 15 and, you know, I kind of decided then to give up the Gaelic, like the soccer, the hurley, everything like that, because, you know, things were going really well for me as an amateur in boxing and, you know, my father was behind me hundred and ten percent the whole way, and gave me a lot of advice and getting me down all the right path to where I am today, and uh, really helped me out. So, where I've got to today is just I had to give up and make the sacrifices of not playing all them all their sports and everything. And of course, it was hard at that age. You know, you see all the boys heading away for to you and. Know, soccer game and you know, it's always good like you know. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. can not always eat what you want and everything as well and stuff like that, whereas the boxing was a it was a different kettle of face to be honest. You know, it was uh was a such more individual individual sport and you know, you had to be eating the right foods, making the weight all the time and you know, I think that's why it's great for any young kid growing up to give boxing a goal for the discipline, for the diet and you know everything, it leads you in a great path in life, you know, and also it can help you protect yourself as well but, you know, then I broke into the national senior team after I won the European gold and won the European Championships. I started going into the national senior team then training with the national team and everything was going really well. I was getting picked to go to different tournaments and I was doing well. I was picking up medals at all the tournaments I was going to and I got beat two or three years in a row then in the National Senior Championships. And I think after three years getting beat, <laughs> most men would say, yeah, well, back to the ghillie or yeah. the soccer or something yeah. like that, you know. But I think uh, it was the belief that my family and everybody had behind me, especially my father, you know, that that I had the ability and the talent to go on and do what I'm doing now, and he always had the belief behind me, and always the support behind me, as well as the rest of my family. And uh, I went on then one year in 2013 and took out the guy that was beating me every year in the national championships, Darren O'Neill, who was the Olympic team captain. And uh, just from one that fight, I just there was nothing stopping me after that. I just kept going and went on and won the national senior title that year. I went down in and every multi-nation, every friendly tournament that I had, I was one in gold, I was one in all my fights. And then I went into the European Senior Championships, It is pretty unknown. Yeah. I think it was a 25 to one shot to, to win it, or something like that there. And uh, I was a big outsider, but this is the kind of belief everybody has, all my mates and everybody back at home were putting a couple of hundreds <laughs> on me and everything. I think they cleaned out the bookies yeah. back in the hometowns so earlier because I went on and uh, won the gold medal in the European Senior Championships. It was my first major senior tournament. Um, I had four fights in that championship and uh, three of the fights I fought. I beat the guys in the top 10 world rankings and one of the guys is a uh, former world champion and world number one. So it was a massive achievement for me and uh, it really set me up as I went into the summer of the season then and I had a few more multi nation tournaments. I had a few more friendly tournaments and I just continued to take it one fight at a time before I focused on one fight, take every fight as a final and I kept one and everything and went to the World Championships then in Kazakhstan. And I think that's where I was a wee bit more known in from my performances in the Europeans and who I beat there. So I went into that tournament taking a one fight at a time as well. And my first fight I drew the, the former world number one and uh Olympic bronze medalist and world bronze medalist from <laughs> Monday.
1: Not too easy. You know,
2: so this is first fight, you're like, Jesus, <laughs> I have to get by this boy in the first yeah. fight. But uh, as I said, you know, I just take everything one side at a time, one round at a time when I get in there. You know, I think it was the end of the first or the end of the second round. I had a head clash and I got a cut in the side of the head, which didn't really help things. But I came through that fight, got the victory, and uh, I moved on from then. And uh, I had five fights in seven days in the World Senior Championships. And uh, I was edged out in the final by the home favorite, the Kazakhstan fighter. You know, it was an amazing tournament for me. Um, I boxed the guy in the top five in the world for a medal and then I boxed the favourite to win the tournament, the Russian in the semi final. And it was three fights before that, I think he knocked everybody out in the first round. And I was getting in there thinking you're in for you're in for a tough fight today. <laughs> you know, I got in there and uh as I say, you know, I just stayed focused, stuck to the game plan that we'd be given and uh I created a massive upset in the semi final days and it put me through then to being the first Irish man ever to fight for a, a world gold medal and, you know, it was the first Irish man ever to take back a world silver medal as a boxer and it was, a, it was an absolute amazing achievement. You know at the time I was completely devastated as well as it was just got everything. I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, because I was in such a great run. I was in—I think—that thirty-two fights and thirty-two ones as an amateur in a row. Yeah. which doesn't happen as an amateur, you know? And it was—I uh, was in such a great run, and everything was going well. I just, you know, came to the final, and the better man won on the day. And uh, but now, when I look back, it was like great achievement you know before the tournament if you just told me that I got to the final I would take my hands off you and know, everything yeah. but it was you know when I got there and was big you know any sportsman or any person who's looking to succeed and falls in the last hurdle you know it's a big uh, it's a big upset and it's a big uh, disappointment but you know you have to turn these disappointments and upsets into something positive and that's where I'm going you know now with that uh, I we just edged out for a, a world title and I'll not let it happen the next time I
1: get that close. Yeah, you mentioned as well there, you know, losing those three times uh, in the All-Ireland Championships, things like that there. Most people would probably pack it in after that, but you kept it going and then you win it. Sometimes you learn so much from those defeats that it's probably given you more of a desire inside to go and succeed. You mentioned then going those 32, I think you said, uh, matches with 32 wins and then you've gone on now, turn pro. After those tournaments, uh, Oscar De La Hoya came along to you and, uh, you know, it was a decision, stay amateur, turn pro. How, how uh, big of a decision was it? How tough was it? And uh, when Oscar De La Hoya came along, did you think this is uh, too big of an opportunity to, to pass up?
2: Yeah, definitely, you know, well, I have to say, like, it's been always my dream to be a professional world champion. Like, that was always a dream. And it was only when I became good as an amateur that the Olympics and everything like that became a possibility and it became a goal. Yeah. You know, but since I was a kid, you know, it's always been to become a world professional champion. And, you know, you get an amazing offer from Oscar De La Hoya, one of the best promotional groups in the world. Um, It's just hard to turn down, you know, and it's something that I wanted, of course, I could still be there now going to qualify for the Olympic Games, but with the way amateur boxing is now, there's no headgear no more, it's uh, the same scoring system as the professional. Yeah, it's pretty much So, awesome. you know, I might have waited all that time out for the qualifiers and turned around then and then get a head clash in my first fight and out of the tournament. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a long time to throw away for stuff like that, and... I'm absolutely delighted with my decision, you know I'm coming in now to the start of my second year, now in July, and uh, i couldn't I couldn't be happy with the progress and the way things
1: are going. You mentioned a great promoter and formerly a great boxer, you know a world champion himself, and Oscar De La Hoya. Oscar's been very complimentary in some of the stuff he said about you. Seen a quote online that he said that you know that Quigley has what it takes to be a champion, and that's why he signed you. Like uh, things like that, there must fill you with immense confidence and pride, but it must also fuel you to to go to that next level to try and be a world champion, as you've mentioned, trying to be at the top of the professional game. Oh, without a doubt. You know the
2: main reason I signed it is Golden by Oscar De La Hoya has been to the top, has been, been to where I want, want to get to, And, you know, to have that experience and a promoter is... Um, money can't buy that, you know what I mean? That's just something that I'm absolutely so delighted and so lucky to have the support and the experience of having the one what boxers need, what boxers want, what boxers go through, and which way they should be treated. You know, I think that's key because you know, a lot of big promoters are just money promoters yeah. and you know, just didn't understand boxing as well as Oscar would. you know, but uh, I'm absolutely delighted and uh, I'm so fortunate to have him there behind me. And of course, I have a amazing management team as well, Sheer Sports, who have signed the contract with out here as well at the same time. And uh, absolutely delighted the way things are going and really looking forward to
1: the future. And as well, you, basically, you know the kind of point there is a lot of promoters you mentioned might be hungry for money in that but you get, you're get you gaining so much experience and guidance from one of the greats of, uh, well, any generation of boxing so that there is just invaluable to you but I guess we'll get to the part now where I know you're you're focused on you mentioned you had that one week in a holiday in Lanzarote and then you had to get straight back to business. How's uh, training camp going for you as you prefer, prepare for this fight on uh, the 11th of July?
2: But everything's going... Amazingly, it's all going well. Feeling good and feeling sharp. Uh, the weight's good. You know, just staying focused now, staying ready, and uh, just keeping the body in good shape, staying 110% fit, and uh, just keeping the body right now and ready to perform on July 11th.
1: Your uh, your opponent hasn't been announced. I know there's a couple of names been kind of rumoured and bounced around. Is it hard, Jason, to, to prepare for some of these fights that the opponent mightn't be announced a week or two before, and you kind of haven't the chance to scout your your opponent and you have to go in there? Do you just think if you're at, at 100%, if Jason Quigley goes in there at 100%, that he's going he's gonna to take care of business?
2: Yeah, well, that's the way I've always been. You know, I never really worry about my opponent. I let them worry about me. You know, I get yeah. in there and I do what I have to do. and I concentrate my game plan and uh, I just get in there and give it absolutely everything I got. You know, as an amateur, we would weigh in today and we'd have to weigh in tomorrow morning again. And we will be fighting somebody, and we don't we didn't even know the night before. You know, the morning and the fight and yeah, stuff it like gives that. Experience that. You way. know, so you know that's what's great about amateur side. It's the experience. You know, from coming up against different styles, different countries. You know, different opponents. You know, it's absolutely amazing that experience, and you only realize it now whenever you come over here. Like some people are saying, "Oh, I didn't get to find out about my opponent." And, have a probably two hundred and fifty amateur fights and I would say ninety percent of them was just find out the night before, the day before your you're fighting. Yeah. So uh coming into the professional game it's amazing, you know, you get the day before weigh in, you know, you get to make your weight, you get to feel up then twenty four, maybe thirty hours before the fight and that's <laughs> um uh, it's a different game and I really love it, you know, because it just I think I just settle in nicely as a professional and, you know, I'm learning and progressing all the time and gaining experience all the time over here. But finding out the opponent a few weeks before is amazing. You know, if you can find out, you can take a look at him, see what he's about, see what his strong points, what his weaknesses are. And uh, also, it goes the same for them. If I don't know who I'm fighting yet, obviously they don't know that they're fighting me, so, you know, we're both in the same position, but... You know, at the end of the day, I just concentrate on my performance and get in there and give it everything i got.
1: There's a few questions come in through Twitter, and one of them was that... uh kind of there what i talked about you had a couple of fights at this you know that have been based out but or spread out by maybe a month or two and then you've had a couple that one your your fifth and sixth fight i think only had a two-week gap between them so you know is it yeah. is it easier preparing having this gap now as you've had your holiday and preparing for your next fight getting a rest in between or do you think the two-week gap where you're in fight shape and then you just go straight back into you know another week of training and get ready to go or do you think it's easier with the time to, to recover and uh you know refocus again
2: yeah, well it's like as I said it's coming from my amateur experience yeah. again you know my world championships and I had 5 fights in 7 days you know what I mean I know they might my have been only back. 3 round fights but in my last fight didn't yeah. <laughs> as well you know what I mean
1: so, they weren't even 3 but, round um, fights you
2: know uh, <laughs> you know so whenever you get the you know say I did a 6 round fight and it was a tough fight you know I was down. He was down. It was a tough fight. You wouldn't fight two weeks after again, yeah. You know what I mean? It's uh, when you have quick ones like that. There, you're in shape. You're weight good. That's when you can turn you know, and fight back to back. You know, and it's no, uh, it's no big deal to me if I have to fight back to back because that's what I'm used to. You know, as an amateur, I'm fighting a few times every day or you know every weekend and stuff like that. I used to be fighting. So, but it's also great to have that time to you know, to rest, recover, get the body refueled, and uh, get back into camp and have a have a nice few weeks periods to get uh, yourself into great shape, you know, but I think mm-hmm. the key is after fights, you know, always taking over, always keeping yourself in shape, you know, maybe take a week, two weeks off, but just get back and then not heavy, hard training, just keeping in shape and just you know, where you're always at that sixty, eighty percent, and then all you have to do ends up at twenty, forty percent, and you're back in fight shape again, ready for action.
1: Yeah, I think that there. There's a lot of fighters. Sometimes I remember Ricky Hatton in particular would let himself drag <laughs> away out of shape, enjoy himself maybe too much in between fights, and then it's a struggle to make the yeah. weight. So as you mentioned, making weight at the minute nice and easy for you there's another question on Twitter and it's just wondering what so far has been the, the highlight of your pro career would it be signing that contract would it be one of those six victories or uh, is it you just you don't really have a highlight yet your highlights definitely coming in the future um, my
2: highlights are definitely coming in the future you know but uh, right now um, I think the knockouts are pretty much my highlights yeah. you know because as an amateur there was never many knockouts or nothing like that you are always picking your points, points. and moving and everything. Yeah, you know, and but I think, you know, my first fight in the MGM Grand Las Vegas was a, it was a massive highlight yeah, for yeah. me. You know, that's like, you know, I hear the likes of Carrie Froch and you know, all these guys saying, oh, I love the fight in Vegas and everything. My first pro fight was in Vegas, yeah. you know, and... The, you must have thought you were dreaming. The main, oh, exactly, you know, I was walking out and into the ring and I seen the MGM Grand sign, and then you turn the curtains open and you're gonna do dating. It's an absolutely unbelievable uh, it's an unbelievable experience. You know, I think that might have been the highlight of my career so far, fighting here. And also in Boston, you know, with all Irish was amazing, so it was and I got a brilliant knockout in Boston as well and sent the crowd mad so it was. So them two have kind of been my highlight to date and you know, as I said about Vegas, you know, it was amazing, you know, the fight there but uh, there's a there's a lot of empty seats whenever my fight is on, you know, so that's the aim and that's the goal for me to have that place filled with Irish fans and uh, them rolling and cheering on like the Irish fans do best. You yeah. know, walking out there, it would have, have been an absolutely different experience and, uh, you know, hopefully one day it'll all happen and just keep the head down and keep working hard, now.
1: In the next fight Jason has is, as I mentioned earlier, in the show the 11th of uh, July. Anyone that's in around the LA area, even if you're not, uh, maybe you're planning on flying over for it, you can get tickets that are ranging all the way from $10 up to $100. And uh, they're available Ticketmaster.com. is probably the best place for people in Ireland. But uh, you know if you're in LA, you can get it from the LA LAColiseum.com as well. That's uh, you know you mentioned their highlights. Hopefully, there's another highlight coming up here just in a, in a few weeks, Jason. Hopefully, you're going to hit that seven and oh mark. It's been a phenomenal rise, particularly since you turned pro in the last year. And you know, anyone that's uh, wanting to find out more about Jason and you know what he's doing in particular, he's very good on uh, Facebook in particular, facebook dot com forward slash yeah. Jason Quigley. And then he's on Twitter as well at j underscore Quigley. Um, did somebody else have Jay Quigley or how come you slatted the underscore in there? I'm always interested to find out about underscores.
2: Um, I think it was something like that I, you know was trying to put my name on, I think somebody else had it or something
1: like Jesus <laughs> so, Somebody was looking to somebody knew you were going to be a, a boxing superstar and thought uh, maybe in a few years I'll I'll get to sell this here this Twitter handle maybe
2: uh, <laughs> must be that but um, no I, I mind doing it and I was like oh Jesus I'm going to have to stick in some sort of some sort of lead trademark here that, so the underscore was the only thing that I could really put in that would keep it looking a bit sensible
1: as well and people will understand it So uh, Jason, of course that fight I mentioned coming up I'm hoping that you hit the 7-0 and mark I mentioned uh, everyone here in Donegal I wanted to get you on the show for a while because I know although we didn't talk any really American football here, uh, a lot of people are probably interested in your story and obviously the fight coming up and I think there should be more people trying to follow your journey as you uh, progress, you're at a, a great promotion, you're doing a great job and let's just uh, hope August, or in July 11th we, we hit that 7-0 and and uh, onwards and upwards from there
2: yeah, definitely, you know, the, I just want to take the opportunity to thank everybody back at home and yourselves for getting me on and everything like that, you know, because the support's been absolutely amazing, and every time I go home, you know, I think, oh, gee, sure, seen everybody the last time I was home, will be quiet enough now, but every time I go home, there's it's, it's getting bigger and bigger, yeah, so, yeah. so, but it's absolutely amazing, and I love it, you know, especially all the young kids and everything like that, that are coming up to and chatting already and you know it's a, it's an amazing feeling, and it's great to have the support from everybody back at home you know it means the world to me when you're you're a long way from home right here in LA so yeah and there's not too many areas about here so all the support and from everyone back at home means absolutely world to me, and I just want to take the opportunity to thank everybody and yourselves and everything for all the support. really appreciate
1: it. No problem, Jason. It's been a pleasure talking to you in the show, and uh, hopefully in the future we'll get you back on again, maybe even with uh, maybe a title shot or a world title uh, in your grasp uh, as we move forward. All, all the best as you move forward in the future, Jason. Definitely. Sounds great. I appreciate it, Colin. Thanks very much.
3: Made hey, this is Scott Fugita, former NFL linebacker and Super Bowl champion, and you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football
1: Podcast. Once again, thanks to Jason for coming on the show. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to that, getting a little bit of background into his career. He's uh, somebody who is definitely on the rise in the boxing world again, fighting July 11th in LA. And uh, be sure to follow him on Twitter. It's at J underscore Quigley. That's Q-U-I-G-L-E-Y. So, Check him out there and uh, give him a little follow. Um, Definitely one to watch on the rise as he continues his journey to the top of the boxing world. So uh, that was Jason. We're going to be joined by NFL draft prospect Larry Butler III. In uh, just a little moment, DJ's going to be here to talk about that. But just before I run through some NFL news, there's a couple of things in the last week that have happened since I was on the show last. A couple of players obviously have—they're uh, on the, you know, going to be franchise tied for the upcoming season. Questions around whether they will miss any games, whether they'll sit out you know training camp what will happen one of them talked last week was des bryant he was saying it is a realistic possibility of him actually missing game time and uh, head coach uh, jason garrett of the dallas cowboys has come out since and says he he really doesn't expect des to to sit out Uh, he says it's the least of his worries at the minute i i don't think des is going to sit out i think the cowboys will get a long-term deal done but you know the talks between the two sides have been going on for around 18 months so it is surprising that nothing has happened at this stage and you know People were worried when Des come into the league, and for the first few years, what the cowboys about is off the field demeanor, some of the issues he 's had in the past and uh I think uh, maybe that there's just holding up a little bit of the valuation, but I, I do expect Des to play. He's a guy that uh, I think he does want to play for the Dallas Cowboys. I think he'll he will obviously sign that contract with them, and we'll see what happens. But it's it's a it's a very interesting one that uh, was so quickly shot down by Jason Garrett. But you know when you think about the game checks, Des Bryant came into the NFL. He's made millions of dollars, but not quite as much as he's going to make if the franchise tag is around twelve million dollars. They make this year. If he signs that franchise tag and plays. So I don't think he's going to leave that money sitting on the table. I think if he each game he misses is an around you know, $700,000 so uh, I don't think he's going to leave that sitting there obviously the risk of injury is there and the, the, that gives the, the team a little bit of leverage trying to get that long term deal done give him a little bit more guaranteed money it and uh, obviously Dez is going to want more but we'll see we'll see if they can find kind of a medium ground see what happens there is the other players that obviously talks are going on between Andrew Luck and uh, the Indianapolis Colts Russell Wilson and the, the Seahawks we'll see how all these go on but at the front line now at the minute it seems to be Dez Bryant and uh, Demarius Thomas a lot of the summer talk was uh, all about Adrian Peterson what was going to happen there I thought he would get traded that there's not going to happen now I was obviously wrong on that one and uh, He'll be staying with the Vikings for the upcoming season, but these other players now, they, they're the, the head of the front news cycle, so we'll be hearing about this for the next few weeks. But I'm pretty sure that those two guys will get uh, their extensions done before the start of the new season. Player that's back in the league this year uh, had his issues down in Miami, was suspended by the league, Richie Incognito, and uh, he's come out and said the simple statement that all of the skeletons are now out of his closet. There was a lot of bad stuff went on down in Miami, obviously, with John Hen Martin. He he uh, kind of went in a rampage, then smashed up his car with a golf club and things like that. There, so he was out of the league for a while. But uh, the Bills needing help out offensive line They've taken him in, and we'll we'll see how that goes. I think Rex Ryan might be able to keep him in check up in Buffalo. A couple of players, obviously out of, out of the league at the minute, uh, not out of the league, but uh, without a team trying to get a team. Heard Wes Welker talking on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast last week was very interesting to hear his thoughts. Obviously, a man who's had a lot of concussions in the last few years, and a player that I thought that maybe. Hanging up its boots for health reasons might be might be the best decision. But you know if he wants to play on, um, who am I to tell him to stop playing on? But uh, Michael Vick, he's a player as well, trying to sell himself to the NFL general manager. He's reaching out, trying to get himself a deal in. Vick, um, while I, I don't think he should be a starter in the league, there is a lot of worse uh, quarterbacks going around playing at the minute in the NFL. He's definitely capable of being a backup whether that's what he wants or not he was with the jets last season we'll see where he ends up i think maybe an injury in training camp or that might be where he gets sparked into sparked into a role and uh, gets picked up by a team but you know michael vick a player with obviously athletic playmaking ability one of the fastest quarterbacks to ever play in the nfl maybe the legs aren't as strong but injuries have always been a concern with them and uh, you know getting up there in years now teams less likely to take that risk uh, ...and go with them, but teams will get desperate around training camp... ...when maybe uh, the system isn't working with the quarterback they have... ...and they might uh, go for that veteran presence to try and see... ...Can Michael Vick spark uh, their offense into life this upcoming season? Evan Mathis released by the Philadelphia Eagles... ...talking about Michael Vick, former Philadelphia Eagles quarterback... uh, ...Evan Mathis was released last week... ...and seemed to be a bit of an issue going on between him and Chip Kelly... ...obviously if you don't buy into the system you're going out... ...we've seen that there with players like LaShawn McCoy jeremy macklin's gone but uh, maybe he wasn't as big of a problem but uh, you know we've seen deshaun jackson go last year as well but a lot of players uh, and a lot of teams around the league seem to be very interested in his services uh, seems to be he was released because he wasn't accepting the culture in the the philadelphia eagles locker room but as i mentioned teams do get desperate teams want these better players and um, evan matthews uh is a player that uh, has has a build, in, I think he'll not be not be too long. I'd say before the next podcast comes out, he will be signed to a team. Victor Cruz coming back with that serious knee injury, uh, patella tendon, and uh, he's coming back after injuring that last year. He seems confident to be ready for training camp. Uh, follow him on Facebook. He's doing a lot of updates on it, showing him running and cutting and that. But you know, it's one of those we haven't really seen a player coming back from an injury off this, especially at that position. He's a lot of you know cutting in and out of inner routes, and rights, uh, and it's one that is going to be worrying. For him and the Giants, but uh, if they can get him back, even to what eighty percent of what he has been in the past, uh, I think him and Odell Beckham and you know Larry Donnell come on last year's a tight end. I think they can uh, be productive in that offense with Eli Manning in, in New York. Dallas Cowboys fans and the you know the UK Cowboys fans are always uh, interacting with us on Twitter, the, their fan group, and I'm sure they're delighted to hear that uh, the Cowboys reckon the most improved player this offseason for them is. Branton Whedon, um, I don't know, uh, hopefully hopefully Tony Romo will play all 16 games this upcoming season, but their backup quarterback Branton Whedon seems to have taken uh, big steps forward this season. Uh, one of the oldest rookies to come into the, the NFL in, in the last say, 10, 15 years. And, uh, had a tough time with the Browns uh, but he he seems to be getting coached up almost uh, he's not too much younger than Tony Romo uh, but I think uh, Tony's Tony's role will be safe this upcoming season but I I thought it was a strange uh, and interesting piece obviously a lot of smoke screens go around at training camp people getting pumped up uh, and then when it comes to the season it never delivers so maybe this year could go into that smoke screen category but even if it isn't uh, even if it is a realistic and truthful story I don't think it's going to make too much difference this season because unless it's preseason, i don't see Brandon whedon taking the field all that often for the dallas cowboys other piece of news kind of coming out this week is that the the madden 16 trailer came out the game looks absolutely awesome i'm a big madden fan play it a lot on the ps4 i have to say that the trailer looks quite incredible it won't be coming out for another few months but uh odell beckham being the cover star off that and uh, the the video replicating his catch against the dallas cowboys and uh, unfortunately in the video it's actually been replicated against uh, my green bay packers but you know, you can't uh, can't get too worked up about uh, video game highlights and so on. So uh, obviously, after watching the clip, I thought I'll just go back and in, uh, into YouTube, watch the the video off the catch again, and uh, the still absolutely incredible look back at Odell Beckham's catch. I remember watching that game late late at night. I think the catch uh, actually occurred at about half two in the morning, and. Uh, i was just uh, sitting on the sofa kind of maybe starting to doze off into sleep. And next thing here comes odell beckham with one of the greatest catches i've ever seen live anyway and uh, people talk about it has been potentially one of the best catches ever uh, in the nfl but definitely seeing live uh, definitely woke me up out of, <laughs> out of the slumber that i was starting to go into but that there's really all the news you know, that i've picked out from the last few days the last week and uh DJ now is going to join us on the show and it's going to be another OTI Red Zone interview this time with Larry Butler III. So hopefully you'll enjoy this one.
0: The OTI Red Zone, presented by
1: OvertimeIreland.com
3: Normally on Overtime Ireland we focus on the NFL, but with some quiet weeks during the off-season. We're now joined by Larry Butler III, linebacker from Southern Nazarene University in a draft prospect for the 2016 NFL Draft. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. Larry, you mentioned you're a member of the Southern Nazarene team. Could you give us a bit of background about how you came to Southern Nazarene University?
0: Uh, yes, sir. Uh, Southern Nazarene is in uh, Oklahoma City. Um, it's a small private Christian university and uh, it's in the Division II ranks and um, we're in the Greater American Conference and um, it's a pretty, pretty small university.
3: And Larry, I've seen in a number of Websites you've been, people have been doing interviews with you and getting information about you. I've seen you've been rated from the f- possibly going the fourth round of the NFL draft to right down to the sixth round. As a college player, does it make a difference to you? Where are you go in the draft, or are you primarily concerned with getting drafted?
0: Primarily, just concerned with uh, just getting a shot in the NFL. It really doesn't matter if it's uh, first round, second round, third round or even an undrafted rookie uh, free agent contract. You know, I'm just looking to uh, just be able to get a chance and to show people what I can do and uh, make a make a 53-man roster.
3: It's in the college off-season now, and how have your preparations been going so far during the off-season, following you on Twitter? I've seen you're doing a lot of workouts early in the morning, that kind of thing.
0: Yes, sir. Uh, I'm currently in summer training, and I've changed my diet, and um, – Summer training is going really good. You know, I feel like I've gotten in a lot better shape, Uh, you know, almost elite shape, I would say. And, uh, you know, I'm improving speed wise. My uh, flexibility is improving Uh, everything. I just, you know, I'm taking everything that was good about my game. And uh, this offseason, I've been really focusing on making it, you know, from good to great and from great to elite. You know, I'm trying to be the best and I feel like I'm taking steps forward this summer so far.
3: Looking towards this season, Larry, how are you looking to make that step up from your performances last year into this season?
0: Um, One of the biggest things I think this year is that, uh, you know, I'll be uh, 100% healthy. Last year I played with a a broken arm and a broken hand and, uh, you know, I was casted most of the season. And, uh, you know, it limited some of the things I could do, but I still had a really, really good season. So now that I'm healthy and, you know, turned up my training even more, I feel like this is going to be just a out-of-this-world excellent season for
3: myself. And what kind of goals are you setting for yourself during this season? Is it to make more tackles than last season? Yeah, and-
0: uh, Yes, sir, definitely. Uh, definitely want to improve statistics-wise, um, keep my film quality the same, maybe even better. And, uh, you know, hopefully help my team win a lot of games this year. That's the goal.
3: And, Larry, when you were at Eastern Arizona, you recorded 17 tackles, two of which were for a loss and a sack and a forced fumble before missing the final games due to injury. Would you have any concerns about your your previous injuries and could they affect your where you go in the NFL draft?
0: No, I don't think so at all. You know, everything's been minor and uh, it's nothing I couldn't play through if I really wanted to.
3: Just out of curiosity, is there, is there any current NFL quarterback that you really would love to sack? Uh,
0: Not particularly. You know, uh, uh, I love making big plays, so sacking any quarterback would be good.
3: And when I was doing some research for this interview, Larry, i seen that the coach at Southern Nazarene, Mike Cochran, has left quite recently. And will it be difficult for you and the other players to adapt to a new coach coming in?
0: I don't think so. You know, we have a tight-knit group um, at Southern Nazarene for the most part, and I feel like uh, hopefully that it's going to be the coach that will replace Coach Cochran will be a coach on the staff, uh, hopefully the defensive coordinator, uh, Coach Hubbard. So I think that, you know, the system will pretty much be the same.
3: It's something we've asked a number of prospects that we've talked to at different times, is there any NFL player that you model your game after that you could say to our listeners, I'm a similar type player to Scouts that
0: I've talked to uh, a few times have uh, compared me to Vontez Burfecht, but I think I'm a little bit faster than that. So um, me personally, a guy that I try to emulate every time I step on the field is the late Sean Taylor, Um, you know, just how he always approached the game with a lot of intensity. He was always flying around making plays and, uh, you know, big plays, and I feel like I can do the same thing.
3: And I've seen a recent article that talked about many of your strengths, including that you're a hard-hitting run stopper with good awareness. It also mentioned an area that may need some improvement, and that's your coverage skills. Would you agree with that? And is it something that you're working on during this off-season?
0: Yes, sir. I have definitely been focusing on that this summer. Uh, I don't feel like it's a weakness, but I don't feel like it's a strength either. So that's something that I've definitely been trying to address uh, this summer. And it's coming along nicely, and I think next season I will dispel some of those concerns.
3: And Larry, is there any sports other than NFL or other than American football that you had considered locking at before you settled on American football?
0: Yes, sir. Uh, the sport that my brother and I really grew up was like our first love was basketball. We played AAU basketball. We played for our school teams, and uh, you know, I just, I just stopped growing, you know. Height wise and started getting bigger, you know, width-wise. So uh, football was the move for me, but uh, I still love the game of basketball.
3: And looking towards this upcoming season for you, is there, has your team set goals? Are you looking to get a better record than last season and maybe progress to the postseason?
0: Uh, yes, sir. During spring ball, which is the beginning of the offseason, that was all we really talked about was, you know, this is going to be my senior year, a couple other people on the team's senior year. And I kind of want to go out with a bang. I want to do it big. So, you know, I really, really want to have a winning season, something memorable, something that I could look back 20 years from now and say, my senior season, we went to the playoffs. I won playoff games. I went to a bowl game. I won a bowl game. So that's something that I'm definitely, uh, definitely, definitely, definitely focusing on and trying to rally the guys and stay focused throughout the season because, you know, get a winning record, get to the postseason. And win, go deep in the postseason, you know, that's definitely the goal that we're setting for ourselves.
3: And with a lot of American footballers and particularly NFL players, when they're talking, they always talk about the support team they have behind them. Do you have a large support team or do you have quite a close-knit group of people that would be with you the whole way through your career so far?
0: I definitely have uh, a good support system with my family uh my siblings you know my brother and my two sisters and my mother they definitely support me in everything i do and they've uh, been instrumental and influential in helping me you know get to this point in my life and career
3: and larry a number of nfl teams have come over to play games over this side of the water over in london is it something that if and when you get drafted by an nfl team would it be something you would like to do get the opportunity to play a game in london
0: Yes, sir, I think that'd be an amazing experience. I've never been overseas and I've always wanted to go. So to play a football game in front of uh you know, in another country that would, that would be amazing.
3: Yeah, Larry, I just something to wish you the best of luck with your coming season. We'll be following you through the season and following you right through the draft next season. Hopefully we'll get the opportunity to talk to you as an NFL player.
0: Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Hi, this is
2: former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker, the host of the Ross Tucker Football
1: Podcast, and you are listening to the Overtime Ireland Podcast. So, it's easy with Larry Butler III. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter as well as at underscore King Butler tree So, at underscore King Butler tree Follow his journey as he uh, hopes to have a successful season as a senior year and head towards the NFL draft next year. Hopefully, get uh, get drafted and become an NFL player. We're going to follow his journey as it as it occurs and. Uh, Recommend maybe you do the same to see how he gets on. Wish him all the best in this upcoming season. Talking about upcoming seasons, uh, two games left here for the, the Donegal Derry Vipers in the IAFA League. That's the Irish American Football Association League. Um, so far, 0-4 record, but we're closing it down. It is our rookie season, closing the gap each and every week. Last game lost by five points. So playing the the Galway Warriors this week, a team from galwick traveling up to face us and then uh, in the last game of the season we face them on the road so hopefully we can finish off strong and maybe close that gap even further all the way to a victory we were unlucky enough against the kildare soldiers in the last game and uh, looking forward to this game um, heading to the gym now as, uh, as some more preparation occurs for it the game coming up this week uh, is on sunday anyone around the dairy area it'll be at the, the ymca and dairy for anyone who knows that area and uh, starts off at 2 p.m so head on down give us some support and uh, looking forward to the game and hopefully uh hopefully entertaining for anyone that does go down to watch and hopefully we can pick up the w so let's go vipers on that one Outside of that there all left to go thanks to jason for coming on the show as i mentioned thanks to larry as well for coming on talking about uh, his upcoming season i mentioned at the start of the show please do give us a subscription on itunes stitcher obviously free as well and uh Give us a comment and a and helps boost us up the rankings there and those charts. Uh, thanks very much for all that. If you want to follow me, it's uh, Colin Kelly, and that is at the Column Kelly on Twitter. And uh, until the next show, I guess all that's left to say is have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast.
0: Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.